Welcome to The Breadwinners. We're back for season five and taking your questions about work, life, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Owens. I served as editorial director of Working Mother Media and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm Rahel Ellison. I'm an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. There's nothing we like more than talking about work-life strategies, but we know that in the real world, such questions can be very personal and a little prickly. In this season of The Breadwinners, we tackle them all. Raquel. Yes. <laughs> uh, breadwinner needs our help. All right. We're here for it. <laughs> Let's go. It's a tough one, it, which leads me, uh, are all work-life questions tough? I mean, is there ever a, <laughs> an easy one? Is that already the, the question helping for me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, I'm going to noodle on that one for, for a minute. Exactly. <laughs> After this question, I'll let you know. Okay. So here's the question. Okay. So I just took a new job and I worry that I'm being set up for failure. During the interview process, I researched the company. I connected with my network to get to know them more. But now that I'm here, it seems like this role has been created to keep two warring factions from attacking each other. And did I mention that my budget and headcount are already on the chopping block for the new fiscal year? What is happening? Can you play the middle ground? Is there anything that I could do to kind of reset this for success? Help. Huh. <laughs> okay, so I'll step back now and just let you go. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> huh. I mean, I mean. Yeah. I mean, here's what what immediately brings to mind for me is I always say that like when you're dating someone, the potential in-laws are are often putting on their best <laughs> for you, you know, like yeah. kind of trying to, you know, if 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 they're hoping that you'll come into the family. But once you're married, all the real stuff starts to show. <laughs> and I kind of feel it's the same way here. When you were dating, you know, everybody's like showing you all the good stuff. And now that you're, you've committed, we're going to show you what's really happening. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, certainly. I think what, certainly it happens, right? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, is this unusual? I, uh, I, I think it's kind well, of, but not yeah. unheard of. I think I, I've heard it for sure. What I, and this is always the tricky part of, well, wait, this is our, our third episode yeah. <laughs> like this, but, but doing that kind of open questions and trying. Not knowing to, all the details. Not yeah. knowing all the details. So like the question, you know, we did this in a previous episode and I'm going to do it again. I think my questions are, what did attract this person to this job? Because right. there was something that was not this place is, you know, a blank show, right? Like it was not, right. you know, coming in and saying like, oh God, you know, this, this is really, I'm not set up. It's not a blank, blank wall that you, you know, you actually saw some pictures on the wall that were like, oh, those are pretty. Right. Yeah. Something was pretty, right? So, and where did you feel, what did you see that you liked? Where did you feel the culture was a fit? And yeah. how did you feel like you were going to be able to bring your best self to the job? Right. Um, because, you know, I definitely, there was someone I was just speaking to who went into a job where there were there was a very clear 
vision for what it could be in, you know, a year in, was that person right. set up for success to be able to accomplish what they intended to? No, <laughs> but, yeah. but there was a vision, right? So what- Which is what, common, right? I mean, yeah. every job description, you know, I've had job descriptions where they're like four pages and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I forgot the job descriptions. Yeah, that's a whole other, other thing. Whole other episode. But I think, can this person... This again, person is in now, you know, and, and now has been revealed that these... Well, no, I get it. You I know, like it. Godzilla and Mothra do not like each other and they created <laughs> some weird neutral ground. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Do... Does... FYI, that reference makes 10 to... 20% sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> there was one side note. I was in an exchange where everybody just kept using football. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. For like a month and a half. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I have nothing to, I was like over the finish line. I'm so-, so those are two, two uh, famous monsters. Yes, no, I, no, no, no. Okay, well, we'll leave that for now. Um, what I think is that there are, you know, we talked in our last episode about the grippy model, the goals, roles, yes. processes, and interpersonal. I think what that does and what most, you know, organizational assessments do or personality assessments, I mean, it's really taking like kind of a messy situation and yeah. saying, how do we kind of parse things out? So it's not all just this big blended stew of yeah not greatness so this person seems to be there's obviously some structural pieces there's obviously it, you know it sounds like if this person was brought in and then their budget and headcount are on the chopping block someone above them is not totally on board with right is doing. not their advocate or this position's advocate not even person they don't even know no, this no, person no. yet yeah it's unclear but yeah so that's number 1 is that a a question of trying to suss out the playing field a bit like t- to know who's actually i'm using every metaphor here who's pulling strings who has some decision making power or at least influence is, is there a bit of that first too i mean jeez louise I think when someone, we also talked about the 30, 60, 90. Yeah. Um, when someone comes into a new job, how, how long has this person been on this job? Seemingly brand new. We don't have a timeline, but, you know, a, long enough to get in and then start to have doubts. So I don't know. When do okay. you start having doubts? The honeymoon period, don't you think that's about a quarter? <laughs> you know, like a couple of months and then you start the bloom is off the rose. I am full. Yeah, I mean, you know, metaphors it, today and similes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I definitely think it's worth trying to figure out: is it between three and is it less than three months, more than six months? You know, where are they in their in their journey? But we right. obviously know the answer to that. That what's helpful is to branch out a little bit. And try to 
get curious about what's happening in the organization. So I think if someone's new, assuming they're new to this organization, mm-hmm. generally, right? It's, that's what it sounded like from the description. Who are the friendly faces that you've met in the process of getting into this organization that you feel like you can trust, not to sort of gossip and say, hey, what the heck is going yeah. on? But just get a, a read on the organizational culture, on how things are done. Like it, you obviously got some initial read when you mm-hmm. started and you need to go back and start to dive a little bit deeper. Like how are decisions made? What, you know, just really think about, you know, what are some norms of, you know, what are some of the context clues that you might be missing? Right. Try to gather those, Right. I think in terms of understanding which leader, you know, is not behind this effort. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know know if that helps as much. I I mean, yeah, I think it, I think it would be a process if I were coaching this person around kind of thinking specifically about the chopping block stuff. Right. Yeah. Because there's a difference between coming into an organization and seeing that, this team is in dire straits mm-hmm. and it wasn't what it looked like. And then coming into an organization and seeing that like this initiative is altogether a house of cards. And right. Like and, they filled the role because it had to be filled. And, but then it turns out the actual strategy isn't beloved or something. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I think that, And whose job is it to do the parsing, do you think? Like between the warring factions, I don't know. I mean, there's some that you can bring to your boss, but some of this you have to figure out. And maybe you support what you may put your lot in with one side versus, I don't know, right? Well, you know, I really think I was talking about- Can you be neutral? You know? Who are the friendly faces, right? And I, I think it's, It's not just about friendly faces, although that's really helpful to get a sense of the culture of the organization, but hopefully there is structurally a role that is set up to be a resource to this person in the Mm. job. It might, you know, I think I'm technically related to HR and the sort of like taxonomy and like the world of the species of the workplace, but I think that it would be helpful to start looking for, you know, who, not just looking at the the kind of HR basic, uh, you know, personnel processes, but. Right. That like they're not doing something off policy or something, you know, beyond the the pale. It should be someone who really has a sense of them. you know, structurally what's going on in the organization, right? I feel like, yeah. I'm, you know, but what what are strategically, what is the organization trying to accomplish? What does the leader want to accomplish that you're reporting to who may, you know, there's a reason that they're not, as you said, it's not about the individual who's in the role. There's something about There's this something bigger, is, right. That's just not sitting well with this leader. The leader is not ready to commit to. And it's helpful to figure out, you know, why that is or mm-hmm. what would make that person or people feel, you know, more, have more confidence in this initiative. So I think there's a lot of questions to ask, right? About, about the budget piece and the talent piece is what 
is what really gave me pause. I think there are other pieces though to look at in terms of you know the dynamics on the team. Again, we talked about models to kind of categorize what's going on. I think figure out if, if you can, if there's a sense, if there's people with like a historical kind of mindset that you feel you can trust to talk a little bit about it. Again, not for gossip's sake, but just for information's sake. Because it could be personality driven. It also could be like if they're coming after your budget and your headcount, they could be coming after these other people's budgets and headcount. And so this is all a, you know, everyone feels under the gun. And that's why they, they're throwing elbows in the idea that they're protecting themselves somehow. Right. Which is never, never fun. But exactly. it, it'd be good to know see if you can get a sense of what the issue is here. Yeah, I think that's that I think it's all about investigating. I want to invite this listener to to really come at this with a sense of curiosity to try to yeah, align themselves with other people in the organization who can help shed light on what is going on. Yeah for many reasons, but one, to not feel alone in the organization. Like it's important to kind of get your bearings and really feel like you are able to start reading between the lines, like that things are more familiar. And I think that comes with building those kind of relationships. And it's one of the um, strengths of being the new guy is that you don't have to have any baggage. And that you could just be curious to find out this stuff and then judge it on your, your own experience, what you see, what you're hearing and take that as a, as a position of strength for yourself. Right. Right. Well, do you recommend people like this person says they, you know, they research the company, you know, you connect with your network. I totally get it. But you know, especially depending on how big a company is, if you don't, if you're not networked into like the problem, you won't see it. I, I mean, is there anything that you could do that you would suggest someone checking out a new company to look for? I mean, I think nowadays, it's an interesting question that's come up around as we've entered this quote unquote new world of work, right? Is how do you see what's going on when you're not walking around an office. Like I yeah. think I used to say 10 years ago, like go walk into an office and see where people are hanging out or, you know, that kind of yeah. visual artifacts as we call it in organizational psychology when we talk about culture. It is not about that anymore. It is about kind of looking for different sources. So really looking to, to get a sense of, first of all, where are people? To look at the data about where where employees work, what the demographics are, what kinds of I mean, I think look at the HR infrastructure to see, you know. That's interesting, right. What programs and processes do they have in place to support employee growth and development and organizational effectiveness overall, right? Does the organization even speak that language? That's all important pieces to know and think about. You know, are there any 
corporate social responsibility efforts, just kind of like you're trying to, you had that analogy that you used. Godzilla and Mothra? Yeah. No, the dating, (laughs) right? Yeah, right, right. As someone in the world of dating, I'm like, this is, how do you, how do you really get to know anyone? How do you really get to know a company, right? You have to kind of look for different clues and signs and think about what's important to you. Maybe it's not important to you that they do corporate social responsibility, but know what values are you looking for in this company? What does it mean for you in an organization to feel cared for? And so identifying that, identifying experiences where you felt tended to in that way. And then how do you, you know, can you look for that on the website, in conversations and interviews, right? Last door, right? But but think about the experiences where you felt the most supported and and see what signs you see of those. Because they should be over communicating them. You like the right? Yeah. Yeah. If it's important to them, then it should be to be seen externally somehow, even if it's on their website, but it, it should be seen. People should be talking it up. I think that's a great, that's great advice because, and also you should always, I haven't dated in a while, but I would think having a sense of what you're looking for mm-hmm. and what's important to you is always, that's always the homework to do first. Right, right. But, you know, as someone, when I was dating, you know, everyone like, oh, I could see us working out. (laughs) (laughs) I think I bring that into job interviews, too. Oh, I see how this could all work out. So, yeah, I'm pretty bad. (laughs) All right. All right, friend. Well, thinking of this listener and I hope this listener will come back and and ask us some more questions. Me too. Tell us how it goes. Thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. Do you have a sticky work-life question for us? Send it our way at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com. We're here to help. And please take a moment to rate and review our show. It really helps. And of course, join us on Facebook or Instagram at The Breadwinners Podcast. And until next time, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.